Now let's go to Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Maybe I should start from 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now John is recounting when he had an encounter with Jesus. Uh, he, had a, he saw Jesus in a vision. All right? He saw Jesus. And Jesus was revealing things to him. That's why it's called the book of Revelations. He was revealing the past. He was revealing the future. So, as well, many Christians who are afraid of the book of Revelations. When I was a kid, I used to hear that if you read the book of Revelations, you run mad. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, if you read the book of Revelations, you run mad. Not true. The book of Revelations is one of the most beautiful books. Just that it needs to be supported with other books for you to get the full body. Because the Bible talks about we, we see in part, we prophesy in part. So one book cannot cover the entirety of, um, of prophecy. One prophet cannot prophesy at all. Because we see in part, we prophesy in part. So one prophet, one prophet cannot prophesy it all. So what happens is that one prophet prophesies it, then there's a gap in between it, then another prophet fills in the gap. So that's why the Bible tells us to study the word of God. Okay? So he says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. All right? So Jesus speaks to him and lays his hand upon him and says, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, oh hallelujah, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. I am he that liveth and was dead. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Wow. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Maybe we start from 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. He says, when you, when, when you have your, your manner of life. He says, let your manner of life be without covetousness. That means don't covet somebody's own don't look at somebody's life and say, oh God, why me? When you're doing that, you're coveting somebody's grace. You are coveting somebody's um, progress. So you're you are into covetousness now. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. He said, for he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So it comes to verse 6 now. He says, so that you may boldly say. So he said something in verse 5, so that you may boldly say something in your life. So every time we read the word of God, he says something so we can say something. So every time we stand the word of God, it's not, it's not um, uh, for us to keep quiet over. So when you stand the word of God, you respond to the word of God. Said, he had said, so that we may boldly say, all right? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, which have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Now, he says, remember them which have the rule over you. Talking about your leaders, your pastors. He says... Who have spoken unto you the word of God? So, who, are, who is he talking about? Is it those who share the word of God with you? Who have spoken unto you the word of God? People who have, who have raised you in the gospel. Alright? He said, remember them which have the rule over you. He said, who have spoken unto you the word of God? Then he says, those people, he said, whose faith follow? You follow their faith. You follow their faith. You follow 
are the acts of faith. So the, the, the Lord is not telling you to follow one, one um, uh, don't have one mentor in the world, you know, don't have that mentor in the world, somebody who's, oh, this guy is my mentor, but he's not born again. He says, that's not the person you should follow. He said, you follow the faith of those who have the rule over you, and he says, and have spoken unto you the word of God. He said, whose faith follow? He said, when you're doing that, he said, you consider the end of their conversation. That's it. when you check their life. When you're talking about somebody you should follow, he said, follow their faith. So people are more interested in following the suit of the person than to follow his feet. There's some people, once Poseidon wears this kind of suit, say, I'm going to get the same thing. Because I'm following. I'm following. But you don't know, before he's wearing this physical one, he has one a spiritual one. But I don't know. If that's, because there are some people, when they finish wearing whatever it is, you'll be wondering, where, where is this person coming from? He's looking like a rat inside a suit, you know? Hallelujah. Well, it's not bad to follow his, 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 his uh, hairstyle. No, nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing wrong to follow. Because I know some people say, ah, person, no hairstyle, I'm going to do the hairstyle. No, this is Pastor Chris' hairstyle, I'm going to do the hairstyle. There's nothing wrong with it. But more importantly, follow his faith. Follow his prayer hours, okay? <laughs> all right, consider the end of your conversation. All right. He said, so when you follow them, he says, you check the end of their man of life. The word conversation, there's not like conversation, like talking to somebody. He says, their man of life. He said, you check the end of their, that means everything they are doing should show you just one thing. How they are living their life should just prove one thing. Verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's that one thing that their life should prove. So, Jesus is the same yesterday. Jesus is the same today. Jesus is the same forever. That's why he said in the book of Revelation, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead and now is alive forevermore. Oh boy, the day I read this scripture, you know, I had heard it, but when, I, when you look into the word for yourself, it's different. I look at it and I began to cry. I said, I am he that liveth. I mean, which man can ever talk like this? I am he that liveth. Ladies and gentlemen, the world wants to make the message of Jesus irrelevant. But Jesus has been relevant in yesterday. He's, a, he's relevant today and he'll be relevant forever. He'll be relevant forever. Nobody can push away this gospel. Nobody can push away this gospel. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. The reason why we give is because he's the same yesterday. There's no tomb. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no tomb where we go to, to, to pay homage to Jesus. There's no tomb in this world where we pay homage to Jesus. There's no tomb. When we go to check in Israel where he was buried, we are checking where he rose up from. There's no tomb that has our Jesus in there. Other people, other religions go, you know, with flowers to their, their founder. And they go there. And they know he's there. He died. He couldn't get up. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Jesus Christ, while he was on the cross, he could not die. He could not die. He said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. If he didn't say that, he will not die. He has to die. To die. <laughs> Jesus has been relevant in yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we hear all the stories. He has been relevant in yesterday. Go to Genesis chapter 49. Now when we talk about he's been relevant in yesterday, are we only talking about when he walks on the face of the earth? No, it's beyond that. Go to Genesis chapter 49. 
Jacob at this time, when we start from Genesis chapter 48, Jacob at this time has been praying, you know, for his children. He's about to die and he prays for his children. The first from verse 48, uh, um, uh, uh, Jacob sees his two, the two children of, 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 uh, of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. He crosses his hands and he, pr he prays for them. You know, there was something about these guys. I, I talked about, about it during eight days of blessing. I talked about doing eight days of blessing. I mentioned that, you know, um, there's something these guys knew. There's something these guys knew. For example, you know, uh, uh, Abraham is about to die. He calls Isaac and he blesses him. How does he know that what he has is correct? How does he know that what he has is true? Guy. And Isaac receives it. And Isaac knows that throughout his life, he has something like this. And before he dies, he knows he has to transfer it. Then he even, he, he, oh, come on. He even looks at his children and says, okay, you know, Esau, go and make me food so that I will, I will give this thing to you. What shocks me every time I talk about it, what shocks me is that Esau and Jacob were not fighting over their father's inheritance. They were fighting over this thing. What did they tell them about this thing? What, what did they know about this thing? This thing. I know a great man of God, very wealthy man of God. Very, very wealthy man of God. When... He had, he had many siblings. When his father was about to die, you know, and he saw his father uh, about to, you know, die and uh, give inheritance, he told his father that he would need it. He said, you take this house. He said, no, daddy, I won't need it. Why wouldn't you need it? I'm already rich in Christ Jesus. They're <laughs> looking at him, so you know you will never do it. <laughs> so Jacob starts praying for his children. What a man. And what a teaching. They were so taught that the children knew that what Jacob would tell them is what will come to pass. And he starts. He starts with Reuben. Reuben was supposed to receive this blessing. It was not just a blessing. It was the transfer of the Abrahamic covenant. So Jacob looks at Reuben. Then he says, Reuben, you are the excellency of my strength. You are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. I mean, look at, that's my firstborn. That's my firstborn. Verse 4. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Because thou went up to thy father's bed, thou defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. Reuben could not receive this thing that was coming from Jacob. You know why? He could not receive it. Reason being. He slept with his father's wife. And his father didn't say anything. It was the day of the transfer of the covenant that his father told him. He thought I didn't know. Because Jacob had other, many wives. But Reuben climbed his father's bed. So his father told him, you will not get this thing. Do you know that in Israel, the Reubenites were always associated with things that are bad? Just one word from Jacob. Just because this guy climbed his father's bed. Hey, you will climb better your father's bed. There's some of you are thinking, oh, I can never do something. I can never, I can never, never. But you do it in many ways. Then he comes to Simeon. So if since he didn't go to Reuben, then Simeon should get it. Simeon should get it. And if Simeon doesn't get it, Levi should get it. But there was something about those two guys. Simeon and Levi, one prince... Defiled their sister, and in their anger, they killed everybody. 
I know I can I I I I know what they went through. I know how brothers can be so protective about their sisters. Brothers, are we here? Very protective. When we're kids, no, not really kids, um, JSS into SS. One guy came to look for my elder sister with a bicycle. <laughs> What's wrong with this boy? At least walk. <laughs> and you know what? I suck him. I suck him. I have to do it in my house with a bicycle. No respect. Boys can be friends with other boys, but if those friends get near their sister, uh, <laughs> uh, I always advocate that, you know, if you have a brother, it's good. If you're, if you're a lady, you have a brother, it's very good. He can tell you many things. Hallelujah. So, Simeon <laughs> and Levi went to fight for their sister. Even though the prince said, oh, he's sorry and he'll marry the girl. But he said, okay, I'm going to, we're going to do this. You can't marry him until you are circumcised. All right? He said, you can't marry him until you are circumcised because you're not part of us, so we have to circumcise you. So the man loved that lady so much that he said, okay, fine. All of us will be circumcised. But you know what circumcision will mean when you are old? Hi. I'm talking to the guys, right? You know what circumcision will mean when you are you're already grown? <laughs> so they circumcised everybody. Which one? They circumcised everybody in the town. All the guys. Just because of one lady. Just because the prince said that is the lady I was like, no problem, we'll circumcise. So they circumcised everybody. Now, now when they were circumcised and they were all nursing the wound, they, they chanced on them and killed all of them. And Jacob said that was cruel. So in their anger, they smote the city. So the blessing did not transfer to them. Then it came to the fourth person. There was something unique about this fourth person. Fourth person, whose name is Judah. Judah was part of the people who sold Joseph. So Judah had quite a very interesting life. He was not the best of people. So you come from verse 7, Genesis 49. The curse be their anger, for it was fierce. Talking about Simon and Levi. And they are rough, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So the way they scattered the people, they were also scattered in Israel. Verse hmm. 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. So now he comes to Judah. And Judah, there was something about the life of Judah. Judah did some wrong things. But when it mattered most, when the brothers said, they are going to, you know, kill Joseph. They wanted to kill Joseph. It's Judah who said, you know what? Don't kill him. Let's rather sell him. Then later on, Judah played a very important role when Joseph rose to um, uh, elevation and Benjamin was taken back. I, I won't bore with all that story. But Judah vouched for Benjamin. He vouched. He, he did everything possible so Benjamin could be free. His heart had become a good heart. So now this thing now lands on Judah. 
Then look at the blessing. He says, Judah, no one he whom thy brethren shall praise. <sighs> thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Oh, come on. Verse 9. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prayer, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He counts as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. He's explaining Judah's life. And all the people who come from Judah, they're going to be, be, be associated with the lions. The lions whelp. From the prayer, my son, thou art gone up. Which also means you have become great. He stooped down. He counts as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. Verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Something has happened here. The scepter, Jacob, all through the time he was prophesying, never talked about any scepter. Abraham didn't talk about a scepter. Isaac didn't talk about a scepter. But Jacob sees something in the spirit and says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. He talks about royalty for Judah. He says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. Until Shiloh come. What's the meaning of this? Now he says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. That means Judah is going to reign. Judah is going to be reigning over all the people. Judah is going to reign. So you will see who had the scepter. David from the tribe of Judah. He had the scepter. So from Judah, there was reigning. There was reigning. Je uh, Solomon came. You know, from that dynasty, the scepter did not depart from Judah. So Judah became the, 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 the choices of the kings. Now, in history, the ten tribes went into exile and they did not come back. But Judah stayed. Judah was there. At the time Jesus was manifested, it was the tribe of Judah and Benjamin that were back. So he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. Now, at this time, Jacob sees in the spirit that Judah will reign, but he will only reign until Shiloh comes. He says, Shiloh will come. Oh, Shiloh, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver give up from between his feet until Shiloh come. Shiloh is going to come, which means that Judah will hold the scepter. By the time Shiloh comes, Shiloh takes the scepter. Jacob just prophesied about Jesus. Jesus has been relevant in the past. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about how Jacob did this by faith. That means as he was saying it, it was being revealed to him. Until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the garden of the people be. That means unto Shiloh shall the garden of the people be. That's why we always tell you that Jesus pulls the largest cross. Because unto him shall the garden of the people be. Unto him shall the garden of the people be. Shiloh will come. The word Shiloh actually means to be at rest, or to be at ease, or to be at peace. That's why Isaiah called him the Prince of Peace. Until Shiloh come. Jesus has been relevant in the past. He has been relevant in the past. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, come on. I, I, I think maybe, maybe if we watch the video of, of those prophecies, the things that were said concerning him before he came on the scene, that mighty man of Galilee, that mighty man of Galilee, as he walked in the streets of Israel, as he walked there, he was relevant. Bible says the common people heard him gladly. There was something about Jesus. When Jesus sat with anybody, when Jesus talked with anybody, their lives were changed. You remember John chapter 4, when Jesus was talking with the woman at the well. This is a woman whose life knew no meaning. This woman did not know where her life was going. This woman had already had five husbands, and the one she was with was not a husband. This woman has been changing husbands. 
No man treated her well. Some say she was a prostitute. She's not a prostitute. Say husband, not boyfriends. Husband. So she had five husbands. She marries this one. Either the man leaves him or the man dies. Have you ever read about uh, the woman who had seven husbands and all of them died? I have a, a problem with the fourth husband. The fourth. You see the first, second, third of that. You still want to marry her. <laughs> it took seven. The Pharisees came to ask Jesus about that woman. He said she had seven. But this other woman had gone into five. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that woman was very beautiful. Do you know what it means to be married five times? This one will mind her. Oh, she was married before. I said, mm, I still like. I can imagine how beautiful the woman was. And like somebody said, he said, that woman knew how to make conversation. Hey. No, because when Jesus came, she was talking to Jesus. Talking. Jesus said, give me water. He didn't say. I'm, I'm, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. She, she, she said, why are you asking me for water? Engage in a conversation. Jesus talked with this woman. This woman, at this point in time, had suffered many things from many men. She should be afraid of men. Am I talking to somebody today? She should be afraid of men. All men are the same. Who told you to try all men? She looks at Jesus. Jesus begins to talk to her. And you know, Jesus knew that this, this woman has suffered many things from many men. So Jesus sends his disciples away before talking to her. Because if all the men came there, she's like, hey, no. <laughs> things are not safe in Jerusalem. <laughs> but Jesus, how do we know? Because by the time that they brought the food, Jesus sent them to go and buy. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. That means he didn't need the food. He just sent them and said, um, you know what, you guys don't get me food. When they all went, they came to meet Jesus talking to a girl. Ah. Hey, Jesus. Out, out. Nah. Wow. That's why it's good to always listen to the two sides of the story. I just told you a key. Because some people listen to one side of the story and not listen to the other person. And the Bible actually says that the one who does that is a fool. You didn't ask the other person. So one lady came to me to ask her a question. He was telling me about somebody who did this, this, this. He has done this, he did this, he did this, he did this. I said, have you asked the other person? He said, no. But no. When I asked her a question, I said, you were a lady. If you were the one throwing yourself at a guy, and the guy bounced, will you go and say that? <laughs> you will never go and say that. It's like I've released mighty keys and the sisters are not happy. Anyway, back to Jesus and the woman. As they were in John chapter 4, Jesus was talking to the woman. And this woman didn't know what she was doing with her life. She was just marrying up and down. And now she was staying. She was not tired of marriage. She was not staying with a guy who was not her husband. Jesus did not condemn her. Jesus sat with her. Jesus spoke with her. Jesus lifted her self-esteem. Jesus started talking about the Holy Spirit. He started talking, they started talking about worship. 
Oh, I enjoyed the conversation when I read it in the Bible. I enjoyed it. It's not talking about worship. Ah, the woman said, you know what? We're going to, uh, 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 the Samaritans, you know, are the ones who have Jacob and, 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 the, and the true worship. Jesus Christ said, no, 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 no. He said, the outcome and now is where the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Wow. The woman had never heard anything like this. They said, you know what? When Messiah comes, um, he will tell us these things. He said, I, the one that speaks to you, I am he. Wow. There's something about Jesus. Jesus was never apologetic about who he was. So you hear, I am. Not I have. I am the way. I am the shepherd. I am the door. Jesus has been relevant in history. Ladies and gentlemen, in, in, in our yesterday, we see the stories of Jesus. That mighty healer. One day, he was just walking and blind Bartimaeus was shouting. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. People were shutting him up. Jesus' protocol was shutting him up. Said, don't worry him. Shut up. Don't worry. Then, he, I'm sure he was thinking, you have not been blind before. Jesus, son, <laughs> Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. As, as he, was, he was shouting, Jesus turned. There was something about Jesus. He had a love for people. When he, he doesn't neglect our shoutings and our cries of our hearts. So the, as the man was shouting, Jesus walked to him. But Jesus still asked him a question. Oh boy, I love Jesus. He said, what would you want that I do for you? Oh boy. I'm sure if it was in this generation, the answer Jesus would get, he would not like it. You've seen me blind. You ask me, what would I want you to do for me? So, no, fetch water. Bring it. <laughs> but you know, but you know, <laughs> blind Bartimaeus. It shows you that Jesus can see your problem, but you still need to speak up. I saw a post. The person said, in the post. I was not myself for months and nobody noticed. I felt that. I stopped feeling it though. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, something's worrying you, open your mouth. <laughs> Something is worrying you, open your mouth. You don't know what other people are dealing with. You are not yourself for months. <laughs> Many people are also not yourself for months. If something's wrong with you, open up. Talk to the person you need to talk to. They are the right people to talk to. In your life, if you don't have the right people to talk to, then you are full of a circle of people who are wrong for you. There's people you can talk to who never open their mouth anyway. I was not myself. You know yourself a month. And you didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. Peter was drowning. And Jesus was looking. <laughs> At the time Peter was walking, Jesus would say, hey, come, 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 come. The Bible said he began to observe the waves. He, be <laughs> he began to observe the sea. He began to observe the wave. The Bible said he began to drown. And Jesus was looking at, oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Then, Bible said, he shouted, help! Then Jesus held his hand. You are going through something? Shout. <laughs> I want to tell you somebody here. You are going through something? Shout. I told you the story of when I was, I was drowning in a pool. Because of a girl. Now, because of all that ladies around, I couldn't shout. I've just finished BC. They were about to cut my life short. As I lifted my hand, I did. Now, other ladies were swimming comfortably. And what the people part is the little children who were swimming comfortably. But I thought it was about age. You see, some things are not about age, expertise. I'm older than you. I'm older than you. But I thought I was older than them. So 
they, they, they tricked me into swimming. But when I saw little children, four years, five years, boom, boom, I said, ah, if children can do it, I can do it too. I jump inside the sea and I, I got muscle pool. No. You know when you finish BC, the jams and those things. So you see other ladies, so all the way in the pool and they were swimming. Oh. So they were just swimming around, swimming around. <laughs> I was like, I'm dying! I'm dying! I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it. It was the mercy of God, ladies and gentlemen. It was the mercy of God. Because as I was. Wow! Don't follow what I did. Because till today, I don't know how I got close to the, the side. I don't know how I got there. When I got there, listen to me, you, won't, you are not the one to advise me to go home. You are not the one to advise me to go home. As I got there, I just cried, went to take my clothes up to the house. You are not the one to advise me to go home. Something's wrong here. Shout! Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it's always those who are not going through anything who are telling you to shut up. Jesus! Oh boy, I remember that. I remember that song. That song we used to sing those years. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. The mighty healer, he healed the lepers. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, my Lord was doing good. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. The mighty healer, he healed the lepers. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, my Lord was doing good. other one. I love that man of Galilee. For he has done so very much for me. He has taken away my sin and put his Holy Ghost in me. I love, I love that man of Galilee. Oh yes, oh yes, I love that man of Galilee. For he has done so very much for me. He has taken away my sins and put his Holy Ghost in me. I love, I love that man of Galilee. There was nobody like Jesus during those times. He's the only one who walked and the cripple would touch him. The woman with the issue of blood. She had heard that if she touches him. Listen, I need you to understand that story. In those days, if you had a condition like that and you touch anyone, you would be stoned. How could the woman have so much faith that if I touch this man and he finds out he's not going to kill me, he's not going to destroy me. Have you thought about it? That why the, the, the prostitute who came to Jesus, why did she feel comfortable to come to Jesus? Because if she had run to any Pharisee, they're going to kill him. But I'm sure Jesus had a reputation of accepting people. I'm sure Jesus had a reputation of accepting people. So the woman ran and did not go to anybody but Jesus. Why? Because he knows that Jesus will not give her up to be stoned. Jesus held her. Then he began to write on the floor. He began to write on the floor. And people were holding stones. They wanted to trap him. He said, Master, this one, this is what she has done. So now it's between law of Moses and mercy from God. Law of Moses and mercy from God. If Jesus outrightly chooses the road of mercy from God, the people say you are disregarding the law of Moses. If he takes the law of Moses, he cannot extend the mercy of God. What was he going to do? 
He knelt down. He was writing on the floor. As he was writing on the floor, he's writing on the floor. People don't understand what Jesus was doing. You know what he was doing that day? Two major things. That day, the writings, the writings that was making that woman to be stoned were from the law. So Jesus looked on the earth and he began to write on the floor. Remember, God wrote with his hand for Moses. So Jesus was saying, I'm the one who wrote it, I'll change it. Secondly, it would be wrong for Jesus to do that. That means because the woman's sin is a real sin. You know what? Jesus exonerated the woman, which means the woman's sin will be upon him. But then that was fine because he was still going to die anyway. So on that day on that cross, that woman's sin was on Jesus too. Jesus, son of the living God. Jesus, son of the living God. He's irrelevant in yesterday. He healed the sick. He helped that woman. That woman did not have an identity anymore. But ladies and gentlemen, that woman who has been hiding from people, when she finished listening to Jesus, that woman, Bible says she went to the whole Samaria. She began to talk about Jesus. He said, come see a man. Come see a man. The woman who had had five husbands and the one she was living with was not a husband had become an evangelist. Bible says the whole of Samaria came to look for Jesus. Jesus changes destinies. Jesus changes lives. No man ever met Jesus and went back the same. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is here today. He's here today. And as I'm sharing his words with you, he's here with us today. You are seeing your future. You are seeing your life. Jesus is changing your life. He's giving you a new reason to live. Paul, who was before known as Saul, was having, he was so zealous, he was killing God's people. He, was, he thought he was doing God's service. But Jesus bounced on him. Jesus knocked him down by himself. And Jesus did not condemn him. He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now you can tell from Paul's question that Jesus, Paul didn't want to kill the people. He was not a murderer. He was not oh, Paul was just a killer. No! See, when Jesus knocked him down, the question was, who art thou, Lord? That means he has been looking for a Lord. Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. He said, but rise upon thy feet. Jesus does not condemn people. He says, but rise upon thy feet. Jesus does not push people down. People, Jesus does not look at people's sin. Jesus does not look at people's shortcomings. Jesus does not look at your past. Jesus does not look at the things you cannot do. Jesus says, but rise upon your feet. You might be looking at your past and say, my past is not good enough. You might be looking at your family. My family is not good enough. But Jesus said, but rise upon your feet. That's what he did to many of us. The day we got born again, even though where we're coming from, it didn't look like where we are going will ever be possible. He said, but rise upon your feet. Because any man that walks with Jesus will end up at his destination. Because he knows the road. He knows the road. Jesus has been relevant in the past. He was relevant. He said, but rise upon thy feet. He said, but rise upon thy feet. Paul, to show you how difficult it was, the Christians could not accept Paul. This man has killed us. They expected that Jesus would rather say, you, you are killing us. Die. Die. Listen to me. Many of the people who persecute us as a church, I'm not praying for them to die. I'm praying for them to join us. I'm praying for them to rise upon thy feet. 
and pray for them and many of them will join us yes. i prophesy today yes. many of them will be ushers yes. many of them will be choristers yes. many of them will be the technical team yes. many of them will be cell leaders yes. god rise upon thy feet jesus gives you an identity jesus gives you an identity jesus son of the living god jesus son of the most high god oh oh he gives people a life he gives people a life he looks at people and let me tell you your what you can do your gift your expertise means nothing to him he's the giver of all gifts i would say he gave gifts to men he gave gifts he's, he's the one who gives gifts he's the one who says, i cannot talk i cannot be this i'm not intelligent jesus heals you today this is the gospel the gospel is that you are not too far gone your sins your your sins and he has seen more sins he has seen more sinners he has seen more depressed people if you can release yourself to jesus today jesus will start something in your life jesus will begin something in your life that you never forget yeah, that's jesus jesus those are his stories those are things that were written about him jesus didn't build a house he didn't build a house of course he's not against building houses but he didn't build a house when he walked he walked on the surface of the earth for humanity he thought about people he thought about people anyone that cried to him bible says that seeing that he ever liveth seeing that he ever led them to make intercession he see that he ever liveth he is a high priest who ever liveth he's a high priest who ever liveth that means he's a high priest of a confession when we make confessions in his name he ever liveth we know that someone is listening someone is listening we know that someone is listening we know that someone is listening seeing that he ever liveth he said i am he that liveth and was dead and now is alive forevermore nobody can make jesus irrelevant the the stories that we've heard of jesus were too mighty they were too beautiful one day jesus was speaking and they had sent some soldiers to go and arrest him when they got there ladies and gentlemen when they were hearing jesus they could not arrest him they went back and told the pharisees he said never man speak like him no man ever speak like him no man ever speak like him no man ever speak like jesus no one ever talk like jesus ladies and gentlemen at the center of the things you do if you don't have jesus it's all in futility because he is he that liveth and was dead and is alive forevermore that means anything that's not done with jesus in it cannot live forevermore he is he that liveth and was dead so people oh my career my career your career cannot live and be dead and live forevermore your family cannot live and was dead and live forevermore but jesus said i am he that liveth and was dead and it's alive forevermore. There's nobody like Jesus. No man has ever existed like Jesus. No man has ever walked the face of the earth like Jesus. Bible says, oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's in the book of Timothy. It said, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in flesh. That means that time when they saw him, it was God manifest in flesh. God in a body. But they did not know. I am he that liveth and was dead. He's not a religious leader. He's not a religious leader. He's unto Silo come. He's not a religious leader. He's more than a prophet. He's more than a prophet. I am he that liveth and was dead. It's relevant to the yesterday. Yesterday. It's relevant in our past. But then also, he is relevant today. 
Is that considering the end of your conversation? Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, not only yesterday, today. Paul said in Galatians, when you see the book of Acts, Paul said, he said, Jesus was revealed to me. He said he was revealed to me. Why was it revealed to him? Because the day Jesus appeared to Paul, his friends were there. The friends with which he was going to kill the Christians were there. Bible says they had thunder. They did not see Jesus. But Paul said, I heard him in the Hebrew tongue. That means he was revealed to him. You know why? That's the reason when we talk about Jesus, people who have not received the revelation of Jesus think we are making noise. Because his voice to those who, to whom they've not been revealed is like thunder. So we talk about Jesus and say, oh, Jesus is the son of God. You poor religion, religion, religion. Religion is the opium of the masses. It's like thunder. But we talk about him so passionately because he was revealed to us. One day Jesus asked his brother, who do men say I am? They were mentioning names. Who do you say I am? Then Peter said, he said, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. Then he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Because there's no way you can know Jesus except by revelation. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed it. To know Jesus by revelation, to have this revelation of Jesus, is a gift of God. I am he that liveth and was dead. Now is alive. Considering the end of your conversation, Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today. Now, in the yesterday, Paul said, Jesus was revealed to me. He said, I saw him. I saw him. But in the today, he said, Jesus was revealed in me. Jesus was revealed in me. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we are the ones to reveal Jesus. If Jesus is going to be relevant today, we are the ones. We are the ones to reveal Jesus. If Jesus is going to be relevant today, we are the ones to reveal Jesus. As we walk in the streets, as we walk everywhere, in our workplace, we reveal Jesus. We carry an aura and a presence of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. Let me tell you, many kings have come and passed away. They are not relevant today. They were relevant yesterday, but they are not relevant today. They have passed and gone, but they are not relevant today. Only Jesus. If we say someone is the same, it means anything he did back then, he's still doing today. Anything he did back then, he's still doing it today. Yeah. Phones have never been the same. The phone of yesterday, not the phone of today. Technology has never been the same. The cameras of yesterday, not the cameras of today. Human beings have not been the same. The human beings of yesterday are not the same today. But Jesus has been the same yesterday, today. It means everything he was saying back then is still saying today. Everything he was doing back then is still doing today. There's nobody like Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, today, today. What do you want him to do in your life today? Maybe you want him to change your life today. Maybe you want him to take away your sin today. Not only did he take away the sins of the people in those days, he took away their sins today. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? You look at yourself, your sins. Your addictions, your trouble, your problems, the things that you know have been pushing you back. I will cast all my cares 
upon you. I will lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And anytime I do not know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. I will cast all my cares upon you. I will lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I do not know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. And I will cast all my cares upon you. I will lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I do not know, I will cast all my cares upon you. So you cast all those cares upon him. And you lay all of your burdens down at his feet. And any time you do not know just what to do, you will cast all your cares upon him. In any time, I do not know what to do. I will cast all my cares upon you. Years ago, maybe about four years ago, I was praying and fasting. Honestly, that prayer and fasting was not, it was not so intense. To be frank with you, it was not so intense. I think I was doing a six to four or so. I was praying and fasting. At a point, I think I even went to put on my TV to watch. I was a bit distracted, but I knew God wanted to talk to me. But at the time, I was not really getting the signal. Then the lights went out. <laughs> Jesus can't do anything to reach you. The lights went out. Then I said, okay, the lights are out. Let me just get a book and read. I took the book. As I began to read the book, I felt the presence of God. I closed the book. And the estate I was living at the time, there was space to walk around, so it wasn't a day. I said, let me just go and have a walk. I began to walk, holding the book in my hand. I was reading on revivals. As I was walking, walking. These words came out of my mouth. Lord, 
Help me to help people. Then the wind blew over me. It was so quick. I said, what just happened? No, because I was walking, I tried to see, no, 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 let me walk back. There was no wind. Something just happened to me. That night, I preached somewhere, someone was healed of the cancer. We were healed of different things. He's still alive. He's still alive. Jesus is still alive. That's why the miracles happen in our programs. Because he's still alive. If he was dead, you can't call on him. You don't call on a dead God. He's still alive. Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name, Master, Savior, Jesus. Like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let the heavens and earth proclaim that kings and kingdoms shall pass away but there's something about your name you reign from everlasting you alone lift work give you all the praise and offering you are the God of heaven, of your kingdomness. Yes, 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 yes.
Thank you. 